Hello and welcome to the podcast from Holy Trinity Wester Hales. We're delighted that you've joined us for this week's podcast and pray that you'll be blessed through it. Amen. Lord, increase our passion for you, Lord. Increase our desire for you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Mm. Uh, we've sort of finished theophanies. We, uh, we looked at this word for when God turns up, a theophany. And so therefore, if it was Jesus and we can point it to Jesus, we call it a Christ or Christophany. Uh, we're just wrapping up this series on, on, on theophanies, Christophanies, uh, as Ian moved us a little bit on last week to, to see how God can do this. And, and God presences himself, despite the fact that he's the awesome, incredible God far away, creator way beyond us. Think of the earth. Well, God's beyond that because he made it. Um, but he's also the one, and uh, Ian gave us these words, uh, transcendent and imminent, to show how he is, he is with us, he is around us uh, as well. And we know that whenever God turns up, it's purposeful. Um, it's, it's meaningful, it's with intention, he, he did it for a reason. And so today, we're just going to consider the same thing, but from our angle, if you like, same coin, but from the other angle, in other words, for us, what happens? How do we respond when God shows up? Now, in, in order to do this, our starting point needs to be that God is here. Sometimes we pray and we, not question, but we sort of ask God to be here. And that, that's right. Um, but I want us to know this morning that he is here. That makes a difference. In the Sunday evenings, we've been looking at 1 Corinthians and, uh, and the Holy Spirit in, in, in different ways. Well, one thing we know about with the Holy Spirit, and thinking back to the helmet of salvation, um, who is it who draws us to Jesus? Before we were a Christian, many of you will know how it's the Holy Spirit who's beginning to speak to you and draw you to Jesus. That's his work to bring glory to Jesus, to point to Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is around even those who don't know Jesus. And in Corinthians, we read about having the mind of Christ. Because when Jesus was here, he said he was going back to the Father, but he was sending the, the, the one just like him. So the, the Holy Spirit isn't anything that's not like Jesus. It's like Jesus is with us. And we're told that the Holy Spirit comes within us. And so the Holy Spirit is around and he's within. And also in that, that chapter of 1 Corinthians, it is chapter 3, we're told that we as congregation are a building. We're told a few things in that chapter, but a building. Now, we're told elsewhere in Corinthians that we're a body, and that's referring like individual bits. So when we're told it's a building, it's not simply saying, well, you're all like a brick. Because it says how you are a, a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's done in the plural to sort of say you as a body are a temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the, there is the presence 
of God. Because that was that, the idea of saying that temple, this is the place where people could meet with God, where God c- could come, where, where, where God filled by his presence of the Holy Spirit when, when the first temple was dedicated. And so we are in a place here that because we are congregation, a building, then we are also then a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of Jesus. So I don't think it's stretching things too much to say that Jesus is here. Whenever there was a theophany or a Christophany, it was very specific, very, if you like, particular to an individual with a particular reason. But also, in the new covenant in which we are living, then God presences himself around us, speaking to us, and within us. And so to that end, rather like these theophanies, these Christophanies, this morning I'm going to ask us to consider our response to him. He is no less purposeful than he was then. He doesn't change. And he's no less direct than he was then. And he is no less loving you and keen to speak to you as he was to break into the situations in which we read he broke into in the Old Testament. Let's pray. Father, thank you that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And so we ask that you would do that this morning. Lord, that we'd know you're around us. We'd know that you're speaking to us. And we'd know that you're within us to transform us, to become more like our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. There's a a word in the Old Testament, well, there's quite a lot of words in the Old Testament, but there's one of them that's used about 800 times, um, and we don't really use it as much now ourselves. It's this word, behold. And I'm going to plead the cause for this word. I I sometimes like say, let's beseech the Lord. And it's as if when we do these things, we go to a prayer meeting, I say, let's beseech the Lord. And But somehow, some of these words are a little bit more meaningful than let's do it. Um, So I I behold, when you say behold, there's almost that sense of mystery. It's very direct, isn't it? Behold. And well, maybe you wouldn't just do it for a a table, your cup on, yeah? It's, it's something maybe a little bit more awesome contained within that. But th- this word behold, uh, hine, is also wrapped up with the idea of then of behold, I am, hineni. Uh, and they said there's a lot of these in the Old Testament, around 800. Uh, but we don't see them now. Sometimes we get a sort of here I am or look or even as, uh, in, in the reading that we, we had earlier. It's, it, it's not there. And I just wonder if we're, we're missing out on something of the event by, by, by that. Because when you say, if I were to say, behold, 
that would grab your attention. If I say, you look at this, then yeah, you, you get there eventually. Um, we're going to look at these occasions then where we, we don't see the word behold, but we do have a response of here I am. I said there's quite a lot of these, um, but some of them are just a simple behold. Uh, for instance, God shows the garden to Adam and Eve. Everything's brilliant, everything's fantastic. And what does God do to? He says, behold, the garden. It's all yours, except one tree. Behold, the bounty of God. It's all yours, except the one tree. Um, the first person who we're going to look at, though, is, is Abraham. Because Abraham, father of the nations, and he knew by now, it was going to be through Isaac. Everything was going to happen through Isaac. And God goes to Abraham. He says, Abraham. And Abraham says, here I am. And God said, okay, let's sacrifice your son Isaac. And as we know, especially if you're in the, the, the series on Hebrews, how this was just such an incredible test of faith. And somehow, somehow, Abraham had worked out that God, even if, if, if he killed Isaac, God, God, God was still going to fetch him back from the dead because everything was going to come through Isaac. What faith? So God called to Abraham. Abraham says, here I am. And God gave him the test. A test of faith. Wow, I don't know if any of us would have liked to have had that test. That's Abraham and Isaac. Isaac was involved in a little here I am. It's not one that we're going to mention too much. Uh, but the one with Isaac had to do with his two lads. Who It could be a bit dodgy, couldn't it, between Jacob and Esau. Right at the very end, uh, Isaac's thinking, I'm on my way out here. Time to be passing everything on to my son Esau. So he says, Esau, Esau. Esau says, here I am. Uh, he says, that's it. I'm, uh, I'm not going to be around much longer, but before I give you my blessing, can you just go and get some is it venison stew? I'll do like a bit of deer. Uh, just go and make me some stew. And Rebecca heard it. And she, a little favoritism for, for Jacob. And so she says, Jacob, quick, quick, and put all this hair on your chest and all the rest of it, and we'll, I'll make him some stew. He'll love it. Go in there. You'll get the blessing. And that's what happened. So, yeah. So Jacob went in and says, Dad. And, and Isaac says, here I am. Bit of deception taking place this time, isn't there? There's a, bit of a, there's a here I am, but there was a bit of a deception as well. But Jacob came good. God met with Jacob, and we've read a couple of these incidents, or we went through a couple of these incidents with Jacob, and when God turned up and changed Jacob, made him, if you like, Israel, the father of the nations following on from Isaac. But not everything was going well for Jacob. It was with his father-in-law, Laban, and Laban was hanging on to Jacob because Jacob was a good farmer, and God was enabling Jacob's sheep, if you like, to do very well, and Laban's not so good. Um, so God goes to Jacob. It's Jacob. And Jacob says, here I am. And God said, it's time to move on. You've been faithful in your service to Laban, but now I'm arranging things for you. 
It's time to get out of here. Go back to the land that's yours. So God's word to Jacob was, I've got a new direction for you. You've been faithful where you are. It's time to move. God spoke to Jacob as well later. And again, here I am when God said, don't worry about going down to Egypt. Joseph, as we know, was down there, was sorting out the whole, whole country of Egypt and said to the family, I think you better come down here. God says to Jacob, Jacob, Jacob says, here I am. Jacob, again, direction. So that's twice. God gave direction and assurance to Jacob. After Jacob, well, they're in Egypt, aren't they? So you can guess who's going to come up next. Moses. Moses. Of all the people who were prepared for a special mission. What about Moses? Well, Moses was going to have a mission. God comes to Moses. We did this as a theophany in a burning bush. Oh, what's going on here? This is a bit unusual. The bush called out Moses. Moses? What's Moses' response? Here I am. And yet the revelation of God from that bush had a little bit of similarity in our English language anyway. Because when Moses says, well, when I go back and tell these Israelites, this is what I'm going to do, who's going to say, you know, who am I going to say sent me? And God says, I am who I am. I will be who I will be. I am being. I am the one who just emanates, who profuses, who refuses, who just is pouring out. Constant, totally. God, action. So this is who God is. Moses says, here I am. God says, okay, I've got a mission for you. Now, all the people for this mission, because this was a mission to Pharaoh leading the people of Israel. Who was Moses? One of the people of Israel. He was born it, but where was he brought up? In Pharaoh's palace. He knew the location. He knew what the Pharaohs are like. He knows how they think. But he also knew his own people. And his job was going to be to go to Pharaoh on behalf of his people to say, let my people go. So, in this case, God turns up for Moses. Moses says, here I am. God says, I have a mission for you. Things were moving on. People into the promised land. They were led by judges. We read many times how the Spirit came upon judges. And many times they were, if you like, here I am's along the way. But just before the time of a king, around that time anyway, it was the place where you'd expect the people to have things right before God. The temple wasn't built by then. Uh, those have a tent of meeting, or it's called the house of God. Um, and Eli, the boss, certainly his sons were getting it wrong. As congregation, it's right to expect the people who you see as the ones who are leading you towards God are getting it right. They set an example. But in this case, Eli and family were getting it wrong. One of the key verses in the, those early days, there, it says how the, the, there wasn't much from God. The word of the Lord was rare. It's as if the people were not hearing from God, were not tuning in to what God had for them. And so, well, yeah, what were the priests doing? What was the priestly family doing? They certainly weren't leading the people to God. 
that God had brought a child in there, a young man. We know the story of Hannah, who was crying and not so good in the temple. Oh, she's drunk, what's going on? Well, she was crying because she didn't have that child. God gave her this child of promise to her and Elkanah. She had the child and she said, he's yours, Lord, give me this child, he's yours. So as a young man, young child, Samuel was now in this house of Eli. Then one night, the voice comes to Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. Okay, here I am. What would I do? Well, he didn't quite say it then. Of course, he thought, well, who's that talking? I know, it's Eli. Oh, Eli's light's still on. You can read about it in 1 Samuel. Uh, his light's still on. Go on, Eli, 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 what do you want? And Eli says, I don't really know. I didn't say anything. Okay, just, just, go on. Samuel, Samuel, it's late. Go on, go and lie down. Go and lie down. Right, Samuel comes to lie down. Second time, Samuel, Samuel. Here I am. Quick, Eli, 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 what do you want? Oh, well, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And then, think about it, what, what, what changed Eli? Eli suddenly had a moment, didn't he? Eli was about to say, Samuel, just stop pestering me that second time. I can do without this. I'm trying to get my sleep. I'm up at four o'clock in the morning. I've got the next bit to do for the church. He had a thought. He said, hang on a minute. I just wonder if this is God speaking. Think of it. We've just read how God wasn't doing that in those days. The people weren't used to hearing from God. Yet Eli suddenly thought, maybe, just maybe, this is God. Tell you what, Samuel, go back. And if you hear this voice again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And as we know, God came again to Samuel. Here I am. What God gave to Samuel was a message to say, it's not too good this. And we're told, we're told, this will make ears tingle. <laughs> it's a little phrase, isn't it? It's going to make everyone's ears tingle, this one. Because you're going to go to Eli and his sons and what's going on in here, and you're going to tell them it's wrong. Imagine that as a mission. Yeah? You're, you're, you're the young lad. I don't know what they thought of Samuel already. Um, it might have been good, it might not have been. You know, was he the blue-eyed boy who, uh, yeah, or was he... I don't know what they thought. But here he was now with the one who had to go and tell them that Samuel was listening. Samuel did it. And we know that was the downfall of the house of Eli. Samuel was obedient. We could trace history along from kings, nations, nation Israel, Judah. As it got worse and worse, kings going further and further away from what God had for them, further and further away from God's ideal for the nation, prophets began to speak into it. And prophets were warning Israel that things were going to get bad, that their destruction was coming. It was a tough time to be a prophet. Isaiah, well, he seems to have had a, a dream. Let's say, let's say it was a dream. That's what the Bible says. Um, but it was a revelation of God as holy, holy, holy. 
something of who God is came to Isaiah. And Isaiah considers himself then and thinks, woe, woe to me. I'm not clean. My lips aren't clean. I live in a, a land where the people's lips aren't clean. I live in a place where we don't honor you, God. The holiness of God being dishonored, God came to Isaiah. We're told the angel got a live coal, touched Isaiah's lips. Cleansing the fire, purification. So that then Isaiah could speak the words that God was going to give him. That live coal touched Isaiah. And then we hear this, uh, this, this voice saying, who's going to go for us? Who shall we send? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. This was never going to be an easy word. This was never going to be an easy word. It begins with these words, be ever listening but never hearing if you like. Uh, almost telling the people, we've been telling you, God has been telling you but you've not been receiving it. I've been saying to you, do this but you've not done it. I've been saying to you all this time, I love you. You're my people. Look what I'm doing for you. And yet all the time, you've rebelled. You've gone to other gods. You've gone away from me. And Isaiah's word was to say this to them. Isaiah's word was to say, you have turned away from God. And what you deserve is the destruction that's coming to you. God went to Isaiah. Isaiah said, here I am. And Isaiah was given a word to give to a people which wasn't an easy one, but it was from God. And so he gave it. And as we know, as we read through Isaiah, there was also hope for a future as well and a future new kingdom through the suffering servant, Messiah, Jesus. But Isaiah's word was a hard one, but he gave it. Excuse me. <coughs> so, here I am. Just a few of them in the Bible. That's not all the 800. Um, the same idea has continued in the New Testament. Uh, the, the first one is, is a brilliant one. We shouldn't miss out, because when Gabriel came to Mary, you're going you're gonna to have a baby, which it's not Christmas time, but just, wow, what's going on here? And what does Mary say? Like, here I am. May it be to me as you, God, have said through, through, through Gabriel. Yeah? What, what an occasion that is. Here I am. May it be to me as you say. Ooh, how powerful is that? Hmm. So when God comes, it's up to us to respond. And in the Bible, the response that we read about is the best response. It's a response of, here I am. Let's recap. God came to Abraham, said, here I am. Abraham, I have a test for you. It'll test your faith. 
came to Jacob. Jacob, here I am. Jacob, I have direction for you. I have, I have movement for you. Instead of being here, you're going to be going there. To Moses. Moses, Moses, here I am. Moses, I have a mission for you. You have been prepared all your life. As we read about the 40 years and the 40 years and the 40 years, you have been prepared for this. It bears repetition, doesn't it? 40 years uh, growing up to be somebody, 40 years learning that he was nobody, and then 40 years, we know, from that point on, 40 years finding out what God can do with somebody who thought they were nobody. Um, that was his mission. And Moses had been prepared for it. Samuel, here I am. Samuel, you need to go and say this, but it's going to be difficult. This is the situation. Only a young man, but he did it. Isaiah, as with Moses, when God came to Moses, what was the first thing? Take off your sandals, this is holy ground. As with Isaiah, that sense of holiness, of who God is. When God shows up sometimes, it's just first of all to show us that he is holy. But with Isaiah, yeah, you are now holy, if you like, set apart. God touched his lips so that Isaiah could speak. Maybe our response should be like Mary, to say, here I am, Lord. May it be to me as you have said. Just one more. Just one more. Picture of the church in Laodicea. And the curious thing about this picture is that Jesus is outside the church. We're told that Jesus is standing at the door, knocking. What does Jesus say to the church in Laodicea? Here I am. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. How interesting. Jesus comes to us. And he says, here I am. Here I am. Maybe you've never actually invited Jesus into your life. If you've never actually taken that step to say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and take over, please take it. Please take it today. Jesus is saying, here I am. Here I am. I'd like to come into your life. We know this is a, a word to a church, though, not just the non-believers. Jesus says to church, here I am, not to be outside the door, but at the head, to lead. And so maybe the word for you is to say to the, to, look to, to the Lord Jesus, to say to Jesus, be, be my head, be my head. Come in and be my head. Wherever I am, whatever I'm like, whatever I'm doing, I might have been a Christian for 40 years. Lord Jesus, come in, be the head of my life. We did all these 
Theophanies, and it was a, a wonderful series. I like all these series. I just enjoy so much uh, learning more from, from, from the Word of God. Um, but here is our opportunity to, to respond. What I'd like us all to do, if you're able, um, please stand. And, and what we're going to do is respond. Simple as that. And as we stand, let's begin to open our ears. Jesus said, he who's got an ear to hear, let him hear. In other words, we might all have ears, but we're not necessarily listening for Jesus. Let's be listening for him. Let's have our eyes open so that we can see him. Sometimes we read about it says, Jesus touched the eyes and they were open. May we, our eyes be open. I've seen Jeremiah calling me and I'll show you things. Maybe the Lord has something to show you. Maybe the Lord has something to say to you. Maybe the Lord has something to speak to you about your heart. Lord, our eyes are on you. We thank you for your presence with us, knowing that it's not what we feel. We know it's because your word tells us that you're here. And because your word tells us you're here by your spirit, we ask that he would move around us, move among us, and move within us, speaking to us the things of God. Lord, may we be ready to receive more of your purposes for us. Lord, your purposeful, your intentional will help us to receive all that you have for us. It might be like Abraham, God saying, I have a test for you. If God's saying, I have a test for you, say, here I am. Maybe like Jacob, it's coming to you. As he came to Jacob, saying, I've got something new for you. I've got a new direction for you. You've been faithful to me in this work, in this life, but there's more. There's a new direction. If that's you, your response, may it be, here I am. Maybe like Moses, maybe all your life you've been being prepared. You might know that, or you might not know it. We don't know what Moses was thinking, but we know it happened. God had a mission for Moses. God came to him in a burning bush and says, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. Maybe God is calling you into a mission for him, a mission you would never have imagined, a mission beyond your thoughts. It might not be. It might be something that's straightforward and you know you should get on with. If, if it's something you know about and know you should get on with it, then the word is get on with it. But if it's something you don't know about, then do be listening for what God is telling you. Do be receiving it. Do have ears to hear what he's saying. And like Moses, respond here I am. Maybe like Samuel, 
maybe like Samuel, not everything's right in the surroundings, not everything's right in the people around you, maybe things aren't right in terms of church around you, whatever it is, but God's coming to you because he wants to speak to you. And God came to Samuel, maybe like he did to Elijah in that still, small voice. In, in his gentleness, he's coming to you. Maybe it's that word like to Samuel. If God's coming to you with your name, your name. Please respond. Here I am. As with Mary, may we be saying, be it unto me as you say. May it also be that we sense that holiness of God as with Moses, as with Isaiah, that we'd know that God is holy. Holy Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Come to us, Lord. Come to us, Lord, in your holiness. And as you do, we acknowledge our need of your cleansing. May we, like Isaiah, respond, here am I, send me. Lord Jesus, we don't want to leave you outside. Whatever our situation, if we've never asked you to come in before, Lord, come in. Come in. Have your way. Take over. Lord Jesus, I'm yours. I belong to you. Have your way within me. Let's just allow a few moments for the Lord to, to speak. To speak his word. To ears that are open, eyes that are open for him. Hearts that are ready to receive him. Minds ready to be, new, be renewed by him. Lord Jesus, it's all about you. Our salvation is all about you. Our Christian life is all about you. Our future is in your hands. the Lord has been speaking to you and we're going to continue now with a, a song but if the Lord is speaking to you then please don't let it go don't allow it to be something that drifted in and then drifted away for whatever reason um, seal it in seal it into your life uh, you might want to pray um, just where you are just pray you might want to come forward and someone from the prayer team the ministry team will be more than happy to come and pray with you. Of course, we can, we can set that up uh, down here in this, this corner down here um, because we want to pray with you and we want God's word to be real, to be living, to be active, to be received uh, and acted upon. So do please take that opportunity. If the Lord's speaking to you and you'd like to pray with someone, then do please come forward and we'll, 
we'll pray with you. Lord, even in these moments, will you seal your word into each and every one of us. Each and every one of us need you. You're here. So Lord, speak your word into each of our lives that we might bring more glory to our Savior as we follow you, as we follow your plans more closely.